Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm honored to have on as our guest, Rebecca Kahn, LMFT. She attended Pepperdine University for graduate studies and has had many clinical experiences, including community mental health, the juvenile justice system, and private practice. Following the stillbirth of her son, Jasper, in July of 2018, she changed her clinical focus and became certified in perinatal mental health. Her practice has expanded into a small group practice called Saguaro Counseling. Today, we talk about pregnancy after loss and how her own personal experience has shaped how she approaches clinical care. Welcome, Rebecca. Hi, good morning. We're going to talk about a topic which is very interesting to me and hopefully very interesting to the listener. And it's the topic of pregnancy after loss. Yes. We were just talking about this a little bit off camera. We feel like this is just a very taboo subject that is only taboo when we let it be taboo, right? And you know, don't tell anyone in the first trimester that you're pregnant because what if you lose it? And it's really the most important time to tell everyone. You need all your people to know. God forbid you do lose it. You want everyone to know so you have that support. So I'm passionate about talking about it. I've suffered two losses myself and uh, I just think it's a really important topic. Well, that brings me into the question of what has led you to be interested in this topic clinically and to want to work with people um, who have been through this. Yeah, so I've had four pregnancies two losses and two live births. My first pregnancy resulted in a miscarriage that dragged on and on for three months due to complications and all sorts of things. Then I had my son who just turned five a couple of weeks ago. He's great and fabulous and everything's good. And when he was one and a half, I actually delivered a stillborn son named Jasper on July of 2018, which was obviously a total nightmare. Everything had been fine with that pregnancy. It was totally vanilla, boring, healthy. Everything was great. And um, he just he died. He died in utero. I stopped feeling a move. Actually, it happened one week after my grandmother died. So during her funeral was the last time I felt him move. And a week later, I'm at my doctor's office and there's no heartbeat. And I had to deliver him. Stillborn. I was induced and had to deliver him. And, you know, it was so difficult to find support, you know, in those following weeks. I mean, my boobs were up to my chin filled with milk to nourish the baby I didn't have. And formula samples were coming in the mail and diapers and all these things I had ordered were coming and I had no baby. I left the hospital with no baby and I just could not find support or resources or anything. And I'm grieving and I'm taking care of my toddler at the time who's wild and crazy and active and and great. And it was a really difficult time. And I remember thinking someday when I feel up to it and I'm feeling better, I am going to specialize in this and I'm going to help other women and families who've been through this because this is ridiculous. And I finally did find a really great therapist actually who does not specialize in this. But my first session with her, she was like her 70s, maybe pushing 80. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to relate to each other. I'm not so sure. I have to be honest. I was a little bit ageist. She had some trouble hearing me. I was a little frustrated. And I show up to her home office, which was beautiful. And she says, in the first five minutes, I got to tell you something. Like 50 years ago, I had a stillborn son. Hmm. And no one was talking about it at that time. I just broke down crying. Thank you. Thank you so much for self-disclosing and sharing that with me because I know that you can get it. 
And I, I kept my word, you know, when I was feeling up to it about a year ago, I started studying and taking all the PSI classes and got certified in perinatal mental health. And also a happy ending, six weeks postpartum from my stillbirth. I got pregnant with my daughter, who's now two and a half, and healthy and lovely and fabulous and sassy and crazy. And it's chaos in the best way in my household. So there was a happy ending to that story, but it was very difficult finding support. Very difficult. And I can also imagine that friends and family just don't know how to respond. No, they really don't. They did the best they could. I got a lot of, oh, that happened to me or that happened to my sister's cousin's friends, you know, whatever. And they'd be talking about a miscarriage, which is obviously also devastating, but I've had one of each and a stillbirth is not the same as a miscarriage. Right. So I guess my question to you, and I appreciate you sharing your personal story, and I'm sure that's so helpful for the clients you work with, for them to understand that you've been through similar a similar experience. Yeah. So I guess the question is, kind of, how do you approach therapy with somebody who has been through a loss like that? Yeah, so much validation. You know, we learn in grad school not to self-disclose as therapists. I don't necessarily agree with that. We're certainly there for our clients. We're obviously not there for ourselves, and I am not putting my emotional stuff onto a client, but I, I think that it's really relevant and can be really helpful to a client to know that, hey, I've actually been through this myself or something similar myself. And I'm not just telling you something I learned in a book. This is lived experience. You will get through it. I'm here to help you get through it. You know, in my group practice, we're very real. If a client wants to curse, we'll curse. And we show up in our leggings and we're comfortable and warm and fuzzy and just really validating, you know, and really holding space for people who've experience monumental loss and don't know how they're ever going to get through it and, you know, see the other side. And, and you do, somehow you do, but it takes time and, and support. And uh, there's certainly no quick fix, but we're very just warm, fuzzy, relatable, authentic, transparent. And I just think that that the dynamic and the rapport is really the most helpful thing, better than any of the most amazing interventions that you can think of. Right. There's this assumption that if a woman has gone through a loss like that, the desire is to try again, mm-hmm. to become pregnant again at some point, or maybe not. But I guess the question is, how do you walk with someone through that process? Gosh, it's such a personal thing, right? So, I mean, we got pregnant six weeks postpartum. Looking back on it, that blows my mind. That was pretty soon. My doctor gave us her blessing. You know, she said, physically, I give you my blessing. I think everything's fine. Emotionally, that's a whole different, that's a whole different story. When I'm walking with a client through this, it's just so personal. And I just really want to validate their experience and see where they stand and how they feel about it. And why, why do you want to get pregnant again? What is this going to fulfill? What value does that bring to your life? Or, you know, are you, are you trying to surpass certain dates? certain milestones, right? Like if you had a stillborn and they were supposed to have been due on X date, are you trying to hurry up and be pregnant before that date? And trying to fulfill, you know, what kind of need, what anxiety is it? Is it helping? Or do you feel like it might be helping and and kind of working from there? And some people really do just genuinely feel ready. Okay, so let's get you through it. Some people think they're ready. Maybe they're not exactly quite there. So I think that kind of breaking down, what is it fulfilling for you? Really and I guess the question is like, what would be, what are you looking for to maybe say, you know, maybe you should wait a little bit. Maybe you need a little bit more time to heal. I guess that's a hard question and a personal question for each individual to decide, but I guess, how do you help them think about it? It's so individual. I mean, I certainly would never give that advice. You know, we're, we're there to support whatever the client wants to do. 
But I think those are the type of questions like, okay, so you've got an anniversary date coming up of when your baby would have been due or, you know, for someone who's been through fertility treatments. Okay. So next month on this date is when you did your, your cycle, your transfer. Are you trying to be pregnant again before that? Or so that your dates don't align? Are you trying to hurry up or slow it down so your dates don't align? Because that can be really triggering as well. So I think just asking all these questions and getting the client to really think about it. So I guess thinking about your role is not to say yes or no, the time is right, the time is not right, but open up someone's thinking about how they feel about something and their intention behind it. So they make a decision based on considering all different factors. Absolutely. Yeah. I really try hard not to give advice. It's so hard to hold my tongue sometimes with any population of clients, but it's just really not in the client's best interest, right? For us, I mean, I'm, I'm not a mind reader. I don't know. I really can't tell you what's the best answer. I'm here to kind of help guide the client to figure out what their best choice or best answer is for them. And, you know, as someone who's been through it, also kind of providing that psycho ed of, okay, well, these are the things you can expect. You know, you're going to be anxious when you're pregnant again. You just will be. You've lost your innocence. And that's really sad. And it sucks. Let's just be frank. The eloquent thing is it just sucks, right? There's nothing wise to say. You've lost that innocence. You're going to be anxious and that's okay. We'll get through it. You know, and mantras can help and mottos and all these different things. And just the one day at a time. Yeah. Well, I bet in pregnancy after loss, a major component of your work with people is helping someone tolerate anxiety. Or yes. That's a great word for it. Tolerate. Yeah. Management, tolerate. We won't die from it. We won't. It feels like we will. Panic attacks feel like you're dying, but you're not you know, and just really figuring out what coping skills can you rely on? Who are your safe people that you can rely on? You know, when you're pregnant following loss, there's a lot of OCD type tendencies. There's a lot of compulsions um, and obsessions. There's a lot of, especially in early pregnancy, constantly checking for blood. If you've had a loss. I hear this a ton from my clients. You know, a lot of OCD work is tolerating that anxiety and not giving into the compulsions. I don't know if I agree. If it's going to make you feel better and it's not hurting anyone, I mean, I kind of feel like do it if it's going to give you peace of mind. It's just checking for blood. It's not like doing something that's really, you know, if it's 50 times a day and impacting your daily functioning, that's a whole different conversation. But it's different. I just think that it's different when you're pregnant following a devastating loss. Right. The other question I have for you, do you ever work with partners? Because I mean, there are also partners involved in this loss. And I I guess my question is how you incorporate the partners or or do you just deal with the individual who's the birthing person or the individual who is pregnant? Yeah, that's a great question. So typically I don't work with couples. It's just its own specialty in and of itself. I'm sure you can relate. It's not exactly my jam. I have worked with couples in the past. I actually do have a couple right now who is due any minute with their rainbow baby following stillbirth a couple of years ago. So I'm waiting on their exciting news. They're doing great. And I do see them as a couple, but generally I see an individual and I'll invite their partner in if they ever want to join us once in a while. But typically I would refer out to somebody who's really a specialist working with couples. I think that's kind of its own specialty. Okay. But I'm sure a lot of work you do also with an individual has to do with navigating the relationship with your partner too. Absolutely. It takes such a toll on the relationship to have a loss. It really does really navigating. How are you supporting one another? How are you holding space for one another? How's your communication? How's the partner doing? You know, and um, we can mention this maybe at the end, but PSI, Postpartum Support International, where I got my training from, just has so many great resources and a lot of it's for the dads. 
And so sometimes it's just new dad support groups. Sometimes it's for dads who've had a stillbirth or, you know, their partners had a stillbirth or miscarriage, grief in general, infancy losses. So there's a lot of great resources there available for the dads too. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we'll make sure. I think that's a great reference for the listeners. Plug for them. Yeah. We'll make sure we'll put that website on the episode description just so listeners can look into that. And I'll also make sure your your information is on there too, if they're interested in learning about about you and the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We uh, we're a group practice. I was in solo practice and recently expanded into a group. We're called Sawaro Counseling. Sawaro is a cactus. I grew up in Arizona and surrounded by a lot of saguaro cacti and they're just very strong and resilient and can withstand the extreme heats of the desert and the freezing winters of the desert and getting struck by lightning. And they can literally lose an arm on the cactus and keep standing strong and resilient. And so I think that really reflects well on our practice and our population and just kind of the strength and inner resiliency that we need to have. Yeah. Have you thought, do you offer groups or just, I'm curious if groups could be something that would be really helpful for this. We'd love to in the future. Yeah. I just need time. I need more time. But yes, I would love to start running groups. I think that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Well, before we um, say goodbye, I, I mean, really appreciate you sharing your story and kind of how it has transformed the work that you do. Is there anything before we say goodbye, kind of last words or something that you didn't mention to the listener that you really want to want to leave them with? I just think if you're pregnant following a loss, just be so kind to yourself and really kind of think of what kind of a a motto or a mantra can you have that will feel compassionate and gracious to yourself. Something along the lines of I'm pregnant today. You don't know what tomorrow holds, right? Locus of control. I can't control tomorrow, but today I'm pregnant and that's pretty cool, right? And really just trying to connect with that pregnancy. And that's what my therapist helps me with, just really having those mantras or mottos and you know, and also in that early pregnancy stage, that first trimester, when you're not supposed to tell anyone because it's taboo because you might lose it, I say go for it. Find a couple of trusted people, maybe not posting on Facebook, right? But a sibling, a parent, a couple of close girlfriends, I think it's really important to share with a couple of trusted people. Right. And you also bring up this point of, okay, what if I lose it? But if you do, you, you would need like- your people. Yes, Absolutely. You know, we don't recommend going through grief or loss alone. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you for being on. This was such an important topic for us to discuss. So I really appreciate you sharing your time and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories, and don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.